Now, the truth is, as entrepreneurs, we tend to think that we can do pretty much everything on our own. We can be writers, photographers, social media managers, designers, web developers, marketers. We can do all of that. And hey, maybe you are a super talented person and you can do all of those things, but it doesn't mean you should. Hi there, you're listening to the Create to Convert podcast. I'm your host, Evgenia Devarashvili, but most people call me Gigi, and so can you. I'm a designer, tech founder, mama, and business educator, and I'm here to help you skip the years of trial and error and teach you the ins and outs of running a profitable business that you love. And it all starts with one actionable podcast episode. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share with you seven things that I wish someone told me when I first started my business, because let me tell you, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, I definitely made mistakes along the way, don't we all? But I feel like some of these mistakes could have been avoided if only I heard the advice sooner. If only someone told me that I needed to pay more attention to these things. And of course, these aren't the only mistakes or lessons I've made along the way. The list is very, very long. But I do think that whether you're a new or seasoned business owner, I think you're going to find value in these lessons as well. So first things first, by the way, these don't really run in a particular order of importance, but I did want to put this one first because, well, because I think it matters a lot and that's your money. You got to know your money. You need to get comfortable talking about money. You need to understand where's your money coming from? Where do you spend money in your business? What profit do you make? How much are you putting aside for taxes? All those things. I know it's not the most fun part (laughs) of running a business, but it definitely is important. And one thing that really helped me on my journey was the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And I've been following the Profit First method in my business for years now. And it really does give you a better perspective and understanding of your money. And the main idea is to basically divide your money into different banking vaults, like income, OPEX, salaries, profits, etc. So you know exactly how much money do you actually actually have in different parts of your business. You know, it's kind of like back in the days, my parents would have envelopes to put cash aside for like utilities and groceries. I don't know if your parents did that. Well, this is the same thing, but for your business. So anyway, check Mike's book. It's really great. And he really explained everything super clearly. And I think if you're struggling with understanding how money actually works and moves in your business, then you're going to get a lot of clarity from that. But knowing your money isn't just about accounting. It's also understanding pricing and understanding value and interpreting client budgets and all those things that are super important. But for some reason, we are so afraid of it. For example, do you know how much are you actually making on a typical project? If you were to take out, you know, the admin, the outsourcing, the extra expenses, taxes, and all those extra things, what is actually left for you to put into your pocket or even reinvest back into your business? 
Getting clear and confident around the topic of money really made a huge difference in how I was handling money internally in my business, but also how I was selling and pricing and communicating my value to my clients. And I know that there could be lots of mental blocks when it comes to talking about money. I definitely have a lot of those. So if money isn't an easy topic for you to talk about, do a little bit of self-reflection to really understand where do these money beliefs actually come from and what can you do to rewrite those. All right, the second lesson I want to share with you is one I, and this is embarrassing, but one I paid nearly $10,000 for, and that is protecting your business with a bulletproof contract. Actually, protecting your business straight, but starting (laughs) with your contracts. Listen, I know that as a small business owner, and I've been in those shoes, I know that this is like the last thing that you want to explore, John. The last thing you want to do is spend a couple of thousands on a contract. But hear me out. To this date, this is the most expensive mistake I've made in my business. And not just financially, but emotionally as well. I knew I needed a contract when I started out. So to save money, I went on Google and I looked up some free legal templates I could start with. And I basically created what I call my own Frankenstein contract, which is basically, you know, I would take pieces here, piece there and put it all together. And I thought that would be good enough to work with clients. Now, trust me, you do not want your contract to be good enough. You want it to be good. Basta. Like, that's it. (laughs) There is no good enough when it comes to contracts. Because although you may think that this is never going to happen to you, trust me, it takes one bad client, one shitty situation to make you regret not investing in it sooner. My Frankenstein contract had so many loopholes that it didn't stand a chance when I had an issue with a big global brand that refused to pay for my services. And I had nothing left to do but accept defeat and accept to settle for less. Now, that wasn't really great for my small biz ego. Trust me, I paid emotionally for that. But even though You know, they were wrong not to pay me, obviously. My mistake was not protecting my business in the first place against a situation like that. So don't think you're ever too small or too new to protect your business. Trust me, these couple thousand dollars will bring you so much peace of mind when you're working with a client because the purpose of a contract is to protect you and your business and help you handle difficult situations with more ease and confidence. So if you don't yet have a proper contract in place, then I'll put a link in the description for this episode to some really great contract templates that you can check out. And by the way, legal documents go beyond contracts. I'm sure you know that, but it's just a reminder that you also need things like your privacy policy for your website, your terms and conditions, but also maybe other documents like a DNA or a contractor agreement. You want to have all of those in place and you can find all of those 
those on the contract shop, which I link in the description for this episode. And the other way to legally protect your business is through trademarks. And that's also a lesson I learned the hard way quite recently, actually, because trademarking your business, whether it's you know, your business name, the name of a program, a framework, or even your podcast, it allows you to legally own that name, meaning that no one else can actually use that name. Because the last thing you want is, you know, you've been running a business or a program or a podcast for years and have it all taken down because there's actually a registered trademark in that name or someone registered that trademark after you launched your program. Definitely not something you want. So if you want to learn more about trademarks, and you really should, I will also share a couple of resources in the description along with a link to my own trademark lawyers so you can start protecting your business inside out. All right, moving on to the third lesson. I think this is something that a lot of starting business owners may relate to. And that's focusing on one thing and really becoming an expert at it. This is a tough one because when you're starting out, it's normal to experiment, to try different things until you find you know, your thing. And I definitely was the same. I wanted to be everywhere, do all the things, design on all the platforms. And when I would think I'm finally settling in on a platform or a niche or a style, I would get crazy imposter syndrome and basically go back to square one. Can you relate to that? Please not so that I know I'm not alone. <laughs> But listen, as I said, there is nothing wrong with trying out different things. But I do wish I started focusing on just one thing, whether it's one niche, one audience, one service, one platform. I wish I started focusing on one thing sooner and then progress from there. Because unless your your goal is to grow into a multidisciplinary agency, I do believe that specializing in one thing, whatever that is for you, can help you grow faster and attract better quality clients. All right, the fourth lesson is kind of in line with this last point, and that is that activity doesn't equal growth. Let me repeat that. Activity doesn't equal growth. Just because you're doing a lot of things, and come on, we're all business owners here, we're always doing a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that you're actually benefiting your business growth. And a great example of that was my first website for 16 Creative. It took me eight months, eight months to launch a website for my own business. Why? Because I was obsessing over details that truthfully didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But progress will always win over perfection. And remember, you can always perfect things later. In fact, I redesigned my website three or four times since then. But at least I didn't lose on the opportunity to attract potential clients. So if you've been sitting on a project or a task for a long time, and I'm sure that as I say this, you know exactly which one I'm talking about. The one that, you know, you've been obsessing over and trying to make it all perfect, but instead you're actually doing nothing and you're just procrastinating and not making any progress on it. Yeah, 
that one. (laughs) So I encourage you within the next week to block out a day or half a day or at least a couple of hours, whatever it is, to dedicate on making progress on this project to get unstuck and start moving forward. Okay, I'm going to believe you on this one. I'm not going to check, but I'm going to believe you. (laughs) All right, moving on to lesson number five is to focus on client relationships and experience. I mean, I, I always thought that delivering an amazing design concept is what really mattered to my clients. And I mean, it does matter, of course, but creating an amazing experience for your clients from beginning to end, this is what will really create an amazing lasting impression and reinforce your client's relationships. Imagine going to a restaurant where you had good food, Versus going to a restaurant where you had good food, great service, and a VAP experience. Which one are you more likely to recommend to your friends? The latter, right? So take some time to review your experience from beginning to end and see how can you improve it and where can you add surprise and delight elements to really make an amazing impression on your clients. Okay, we're diving into lesson number six, and I call this one the three O's. Not the letter O, but more like the sound O, because it stands for optimize, outsource, and automate. Now, the truth is, as entrepreneurs, we tend to think that we can do pretty much everything on our own. We can be writers, photographers, social media managers, designers, web developers, marketers. We can do all of that. And hey, maybe you are a super talented person and you can do all of those things, but it doesn't mean you should. Have you heard of Burned Outville? I've been there a couple of times and trust me, it's not a place that I would recommend going to. It sucks there. So if you don't want to get yourself an express ticket to that sad little town, then you should really start optimizing, outsourcing, and automating parts of your business so that you can focus on things that actually make you happy and things that you're passionate about. And most importantly, things that you're truly good at. I mean, we already wear so many hats in our business and sometimes we have to accept that we can't wear them all. We don't have to. So look at your business and look at the things that really take too much of your time or maybe things that you just don't enjoy doing. That's the first thing that you should consider either optimizing, outsourcing, or automating. And I mean, you don't always need to go and hire someone to do this. I know, especially as you starting out as a new business owner, you may not have the option to actually hire someone else. But nowadays, there are so many tools and apps that can help you create a really streamlined and automated process without losing on quality. You just need to figure out which parts of your business are sucking up most of your time and go from there. All right. And finally, the last thing that's probably one of the most important things that I wish somebody told me is that running your business can really be a blessing and a curse in disguise sometimes. And you got to grow thick skin in order to succeed. 
Seriously, running your business is not always rainbows and butterflies, my friend. And of course, I knew this when I was starting out, but I didn't quite understand just how personal, invasive, and at the same time, lonely entrepreneurship can get. How you can go from having like the most productive morning to crying over your client's hundreds revision request or how you can feel on top of the world after a client approves your proposal to feeling like a piece of shit because you're chasing an unpaid invoice. I was not prepared for this at first. So over time, here are a few things that help me keep my head up. So first of all, you got to learn how to say no in your business. Honestly, saying no can be the best thing that you do for yourself in your business, whether it's saying no to a client you don't want to work with, whether it's saying no to a relative who wants a discount, whether it's saying no to an event that you're being pressured to go to, saying no is absolutely okay. At the same time, I want to encourage you to surround yourself with either people in the same industry as you are or people who are also entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship is like a whole different planet. <laughs> And you need people who will understand the struggles of entrepreneurship and people who you'll be able to share the good and the bad and the ugly with. People who will be there to support you when things get really tough. So if you don't yet have a business bestie, go and find yourself one so you can support each other and root for one another. In addition to that, don't forget to celebrate the wins. My friend, no matter how silly, no matter how small, a win is a win. As business owners, we get so obsessed with the mistakes and the failures and the obstacles that are in front of us that we often forget just looking at the good stuff and celebrating our wins and the fears that we overcame and the great things that we're doing in our business. So I just want you to take a moment here and think about what good things happen in my business even in the last week. What are the great wins that took place? What have I done that I can really be proud of? I mean, it doesn't have to be like a huge achievement. It can be something really small. It can be even a client just saying how thankful they are to be working with you. Don't forget about these little things because they truly matter and they have the power to really uplift you when things get really hard. And finally, the last step that I want to share with you is take care of yourself and don't forget to have fun. I know that there is a reason why you started your business in the first place, because you probably wanted to create a life of your dreams. But while you're doing this, don't forget to actually live your life as well. And yes, that means, you know, going on a holiday and actually enjoying it rather than obsessing over your business. It means taking care of your health. It means taking time for yourself. It means having fun. You know, enjoy the process. Connect with people, meet new people, try new things, go beyond your fears. I mean, this is a beautiful journey and whatever it is that you do, I'm sure you're an absolute star at it. 
So here you go, my friend. These are the seven things that I wish I knew when I started my own business. I hope that you found this useful. Maybe you're already doing some of these things, which is amazing if you are. If not, then I hope that this was a good reminder to pay more attention to it. But also maybe you have you know, some lessons of your own. In that case, hit me up on Instagram. I would love to hear your own experience. Now, if you found value in this episode, why not share it with someone who may be starting their own business and their own entrepreneurial journey? Or take a screenshot and share it with your audience on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me so I can see it and personally thank you. And of course, most importantly, don't forget to create, to convert. I'll see you in the next episode, my friend. Bye for now.